We're feeling sexy and vexed. Well, partly vexed. Partly vaccinated. Yes, I got my first shot the other day and this is two days later and I'm finally beginning to feel like myself. So it's hard going. If you like book the day off work, if you're getting it done, you need to. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, take I it as a holiday. Do. You'll get the best yeah. sleep of your whole life. <laughs> well, to be honest, I think with the heat at the moment, I wasn't really sleeping anyway. This is but true. it's oh Jesus, like I, I can't even describe. And this is not to put people off, like do get vaccinated. Not everyone's going to have symptoms afterwards oh my god no one no one i know had them for the first shot other than us but it was i think we we went in with like really high hopes because we were so excited to get vaccinated that like i think we went in expecting to like Oh, I was like full on so bubbly with the nurse. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm feeling fine. See, I um, was bubbly in my own way and that I didn't pass out. But like, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was grand. It was absolutely fine getting it. Um, like as well, I saw a lot of people being like, yeah, they really punch it into your arm. I felt like nothing. I felt a little pressed. I'm, I'm one of the people that got punched, Becca. Oh, like, no. oh God, mine hurt. But like, I got mine done specifically by my doctor yeah. um, because of my anxiety. And uh, I, I like asked like back in January, I was like, when the day comes, please, I will wait till next year if Caroline can vaccinate me. And yeah. um, <laughs> no it hurt and she was trying to convince me to go to a nurse and like I kind of didn't realize it's maybe because they have been vaccinated this whole time and no I well nurses nurses are a lot more uh trained and used to giving uh injections and and Um, I didn't listen and I am booked in for a doctor again for round two it'll be fine she'll have a lot more practice by then it'll be grand but um (laughs) Yeah, just uh, side effects weren't fun. And look, it's better getting it done. And it's a lot safer for everybody. Oh my God, watching like everyone getting long COVID and the COVID cases are really high again. Like it is so scary. It is. Oh my God. I um, was like punching the sky when I got vaccinated but yeah. with my with my unvaccinated arm. Yeah, no, the vaccinated arm is hard to uh, Oh, that's the worst move. bit of it. That's the worst but, bit. But um, if you are listening and you're scared about getting it, don't be, do you know? Um, As someone with um, like a diagnosed phobia <laughs> from the doctor, I specifically got called in because I'm so bad with needles. Mm. It was fine. Mm. I didn't cry. I didn't pass out. I didn't scream. It's absolutely fine. Mm. And uh, it's it feels so good after getting it done. Like it really will calm you down when you're yes. um, when you're out and about. Um, obviously wait till you're fully vaxxed to do anything fucking even 1% stupid like be careful anyway just don't do anything stupid anyway that's true but, um, but if you're gonna <laughs> six weeks after your second dose bitch um, and as well um, you cannot get COVID from the vaccine let, let oh me just reiterate God. that I've seen that a lot online and um, you can't but uh, listen a really good resource for those worried about it um is there's a fab podcast on the exactly right network called this podcast will kill you (laughs) and they have a big deep dive into covid and they also have a big deep dive into vaccines in general and it it's really really informative like i'm not going to try and recite the 
the info because I I didn't remember it, but it was very good. Yeah. No, do do your research. And I mean, it's about keeping people safe. And uh, this is the safest route for us all to take. But yeah, sorry, a bit of a heavy little like get that um, bitch section but yeah and as well how is everyone enjoying the weather because I'm at the stage where I'm like I feel like I am just I'm not enjoying dying. it at all I'll be honest I'm dying like I'm I do enjoying it I do love the sun and being able to go outside and read but this is this is really hot but you can't go outside and read it's too hot I sit in the shade I can't oh sit no, I was sitting in the shade yesterday and I was okay, but oh my God, Monday, mm. dying, dying. Just so hot. And um, yeah, there's just no relief really. And I'm just like, I know I shouldn't complain because we never get this weather, but I'm going to complain and be like, I'm just, I can't deal with it. And then <laughs> Mateo's just like, oh yeah, this is nice. He's actually kind of wearing shorts because like, he's like, yeah, it is warm. But he's finally admitted it. We're now in global warming territory. <laughs> Ireland is we, not meant to feel are, normal to a man from Italy. <laughs> it's it's we don't we should never really get temperatures of like over 30 degrees. Do you know? No. Our country's not built for it. Like we don't it's have AC. Literally not. And I know I had so many arguments with people. I said this last week when we were on the podcast with Brennan, because he's really similar. They're in Canada mm. and um, like they're getting insane heat waves. We're getting an insane heat wave and everyone's giving out going, oh, well, it's this temperature where I am. And it's like, yeah, but you're inside with air conditioning. I don't know what yeah. air conditioning is. Our, our countries are not built for this extreme weather and you know and as well I've seen a lot of like memes and like TikToks being like 30 degree weather when you're abroad absolutely fine 30 degree weather in Ireland melting oh Um, it's look we'll enjoy it while it lasts can we can we also talk about how good our episode last week was it was it was very good I have to say it was a very long edit (laughs) (laughs) I got it down I think it was around um just under two hours and I got it down to like an hour and a half, lads. Oh, <laughs> praise I, that be was, the editing, Becca. But like, I know, I know when it's a really funny episode when I'm actually laughing while I'm actually editing. Like, oh. can we just shout out Brennan again? Like, please oh, so go good. and listen to the Ghost Story podcast yeah. or the Ghost, Ghost Story Guys podcast. If, if you're into the paranormal, if you're a skeptic like me, if you just want to go along and listen to a really, really charismatic man chatting with his friend Paul, who's also equally charismatic, but we haven't met you, Paul, but we do love you. <laughs> <laughs> From afar. From, From afar, afar. But yeah. Not as far away as Brennan is because he's in Canada and Paul's in the UK. I'm making this very complicated. <laughs> you are you really are but yeah no because I mean what I loved was that like there was some really funny bits but as well some very thought-provoking stuff and you're like oh my god yeah, again that deep he's he's very deep and I was like I don't think I'm educated or smart enough I know to be involved in this chat he's, oh he's too um, good but we I loved it it was a really good episode um, and show piano will rise show piano is capitalism will fall <laughs> um show piano is definitely I think one of the most memorable stories that someone has ever come up with on this podcast so far. And yeah, I just, I, I was chuckling so much, like laughing throughout <laughs> so that. It's like, oh my God. But, Becca, um, will we jump to books? We will jump to books. I like, I like cut you off there. <laughs> yeah, rude. 
I just love books, Becca. Um, so I am going to send my cover. Oh, this is a really, this is a really well-known book. Yes, we are. Oh, this is a different cover. Again, this is another book that I bought, but knew that Becca was going to do on the podcast. So dare, daren't ever pick up off my bookshelf. So I don't know what this is about somehow. Even though like this is on my reading list and I keep pushing it off because I'm waiting for Becca to do it on the podcast. I'm very excited to read this now. Oh, there we go. Okay. And this is like going on since like six months, I'd say. I bought this book at like January. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's a long time that I've, I've yeah. been waiting on this one. Yeah, yeah. This is Marion Keys, the, the Marion Keys of it all. This yeah. is Marion Keys book, Grown Ups. And um, this is a different cover to mine because I have the green cover. Yeah, I have the I orange think, one myself. Yeah, there's an orangey pink one and this is a white one. Yeah. So um, the cover, for those that haven't seen it, because you don't live in Ireland and she's not the patron saint of your current country, um, Marion, <laughs> there's the title, Marion Keys. He's patron, patron saint. saint of Ireland. Patron saint, Marion Keys. Um the front of this book is uh, all white. The text in the middle. We love the we love the um, no caps Marion Keys aesthetic. Mm. It's so iconic. And then we have grown ups in this lovely baby blue. And there's a little girl with like really curly hair, like lying on the floor, having an existential crisis. By the looks of it, um, the reviews we have by the Observer are superb warm-hearted and wise nina stip has said funny profound and heartbreaking and caitlin moran has said a pure joy such a treat it's really weird not seeing marion keys i know on, yeah like, the reviews i was like why isn't she reviewing this book i'm sure she's she telling would. me it's great she'd be like this is gas crack everyone should like, read it's like caroline o'donoghue on all of her goodreads is like this is such a banger yeah. <laughs> um i love this okay Grown Ups by Marion Keys. I think this book, now I know I'm going to be wrong. Um, I think this book is a little girl and she's about five or six and she's kind of making sense of the world. Okay. But it's very hard to make sense of the world when you're in a family that are absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> So this little girl, I think she's got a really like um, eccentric kind of creative name. Like her name could be, oh, now I have to, I put myself on the spot for an eccentric creative name. Her name could be like Ace or something, something like okay. cool, you know. So this little girl, oh, oh, there's a woman in Housewives and what's her daughter's name? Oh, Teddy Mellencamp, what's your daughter's name? It all comes back to housewives. Always. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. I think it's like Slash or something. It's like named after a guitarist or someone. Do you uh, have it? Yeah, she has Dove. She has Slate. Slate. She's got Cruise. Yeah. See, she's got she's got like eccentric. I was gonna say cool, but she's got eccentric kid names. Yeah. So I think actually I really like the name Dove. This little girl on the I front. I do cover. like the name Dove. That's a great name. It's very cute. And I think the front uh, the front uh, cover girl in this book is our protagonist. She is little five and a half year old Dove. And she's trying to make sense of the world. And her family are just, she doesn't realize that it's taking her a while to come to grips with 
family values because her family are absolutely mad in a really lovely way as they should be in a Mary we, Keith we novel. We gotta love the Bankers families. Yeah. Oh, they're We're our favourite. Yeah, they are our favourite. So I think little five and a half year old Dove is um just kind of starting to to make sense of the family around her because she lives in quite um kind of a, a semi-affluent neighborhood. Their house is quite big and um the amount of people in the house outweigh the amount of bedrooms in the house there's like uh, a big family in here i think there's about 11 of them yeah and, oh jesus um, <laughs> the poor mother. in a five bedroom house in suburbia so they're also like kind of extradited by all the neighbors with their like two kids um two cars and a golden retriever like they don't fit into this neighborhood but they're all wonderful and they love each other and that's the most important thing mm. so little dove is growing up and making sense of the fact that her two nanas live in the same house with them um that one of the nanas has a pet bird that sits on her shoulder <laughs> one nana is a pirate (laughs) one nana is a pirate and I think like Dove like probably refers to her as like a pirate or something and she probably says like pious or something so no one knows where the reference is and it's very cute um so I think Dove is making sense of this family she's got her two nanas one of them is pirate the other one is really cranky and mean and hates the other nana and there's like a rivalry all the time and especially around Christmas time there's been like a lot of like um Christmas is to remember because um oh nanny brown bought me a bike and the pirate nana bought me a bigger bike and there was a war (laughs) (laughs) and then like some of the presents getting like ruined the night before and then there's all like bird marks on them and it's like who could have done this and it's because they're in a rivalry she's got um an older cousin living with them who is like a pyromaniac and loves setting things on fire in the garden and starting fireworks everywhere and is always in trouble. He's kind of like, um, you know, Seamus in the Harry Potter films, who's just like, comes oh, in yeah. with like black soot on his face and yeah. his hair is Which everywhere. was kind of slightly, uh, well, not slightly, but very controversial because he was Irish. It was a massive, horrible stereotype for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's got like this really kooky family and they all love each other very much. And I think they go on a bit of a road trip. And I'm thinking, have you seen Little Miss Sunshine? Yes. It's it's that road trip. It's that one. How do they all fit in the car? They, they have... Um, they hire a minivan. They have two cars, but one of them breaks down and has to get tethered by the other one. <laughs> so legal so all the nanas are in that car and they all start fighting and you could see them from the rear view window from like the other car and they're like oh for fuck's sake let's pull over and sort the nanas out um so i think a road trip ensues um not for a beauty pageant like in little miss sunshine i think they're going to they're going to see the Northern Lights because Grandpa Paddy is dying and it's his final wish and it's really wholesome and they don't actually know where they're going and they put it in Google Maps and they accidentally like go to the Northern Lights like restaurant on the top of Scotland 
um, because no one really knows where it is. And the teenagers aren't paying attention. They're like, yeah, whatever. And little Dove doesn't understand what the Northern Lights even are. And she's just waiting to see the colours in the sky. And I think they arrive at like literally the end of Scotland at this tiny pub. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, there's no ferry to wherever we need to see the Northern Lights. Norway? No, where is it? It is. It's Norway. It's like Scandinavia, it's isn't it? Yeah. Winner, we're gonna we're gonna fact check this. Proving uh, that we are not smart. <laughs> yeah, proving. Uh, an aurora sometimes read as prototypes. Uh, in high latitude, high latitude, high latitude regions, latitude is very okay, different. Okay, so maybe they can just about, they think they can see them from the toppest point. Of yeah, the you were right. It's it's uh, Norway, Iceland, Alaska, Finland, Norway, Norway again, Canada and Greenland are some of the places. Nice. So Nice. So yeah, they, they wanted to see the Northern Lights and they thought they put it in Google Maps and they got like some like really mad pub at the t- the very tippy top of um scotland and um they it's kind of like this devastating thing when they get there but they've all had like an amazing time on this road trip mm. and like there's been fallouts the nannies are getting along and that's all the granddad ever wanted was for everyone to like get along and for his Aww. family to be like united because it's never felt like they were united in this house but yeah i think we're getting it all through the eyes of dove um so everything that's like even the slightest bit sad we're only getting hints of through the book and it stays really endearing and dove realizes an awful lot about the world around her and that's that's going to be my guess and i want this to be a book (laughs) that's so cute that's really nice actually it's not it at all it's not at all no uh it's very wrong um as well where where are they based in dublin or no 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 they're see that's that's another detail that's definitely wrong because they would be in ireland yeah but i think they were in wales because I li- oh, okay. I have this thing that they drove up. Okay. <laughs> all right. And they went through England and they went all the way up to the top of Scotland. That is a long drive. Yeah. Ooh. But um, no, that is completely wrong. <laughs> so and you knew it, so it's all right. Um, yeah. so Grown Ups by Marion Keys. Um is her most recent book. It was published in 2020 and it's been on my to read list for ages like as soon as it came out and um I only got it around Christmas because the new editions came out and they were cheaper I was like oh yay and um if you know Marion Keys she writes long books and I saw her being interviewed for the Kurt Festival and she was asked about like have you ever thought about like chopping the books down and she's like I always say I'm gonna start off writing something you know I'm gonna write a short book and she said I just get carried away and I'm like I appreciate you getting carried away. I would not want it any other way because I love her books. Oh, good. I love her books. And like, there's just, you can't really take something out of it because like, it's just so good. It's all meant to be there. So good. So um, this is the story of a family. So you got that right. Yeah, You got that right. I wonder Um, how I got that detail right. um, So uh, the Casey family and they are all living in Dublin. So, uh, you know, typical uh, Marion Keys book set in Dublin. And uh, it's about three brothers and their families. So we've got Johnny, Ed and Liam and their wives. Uh, Johnny's married to Jessie. 
Ed is married to Cara and Liam is married to Nell. Now, I think it is about the men, but it's equally about the women as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very much kind of very equal. Um, I'd say almost I felt a lot more for the women's issues in it and how their relationships, some of the men don't quite focus enough on what the woman's going through and things like that. Mm. But um, so it opens up uh, set at the pretty much the end of the book, really, or almost at the end of the book. And um, we start with a family gathering, which seems to be a big thing for them. And all is going well until Cara who's Ed's wife, um, starts, um, she's after having a really bad bang on the head. So she's concussed. She's definitely concussed and she starts spilling secrets. Oh no. It's not good. It's oh, not it's book. gonna be gossip. It's gonna be gossip. So we only get like a little bit, like we don't get the full, like what happens. And then instantly we're back like several months earlier and you're like, what's going on? So we know like this is, there is some big drama coming. Oh um, God. Oh, so you're like, oh no, poor Cara. <laughs> so um, the book is kind of uh, set um, around different um, events that happen for the family. So either a big family gathering, um, holidays away, birthday parties, all that kind of stuff. So we'll get the lead up to it. So it could be like three months before um the secrets billing session or whatever two months before but um like you you kind of it's all kind of blocked off Mm. I'm really bad at explaining this so um like some of them are absolutely hilarious and I'll get into one that I was like I want this I want this to happen to me um so we also get to read through several of the characters viewpoints so we get Johnny we get Ed we get um Cara, Jesse, Nell. Um, so it's really interesting to see how each of them feel about certain things. And a lot of the that time in their point of view is kind of going through their own issues because they're all dealing with something um, mm-hmm. themselves that either other people don't realize is happening or that it's not as big a deal as it actually is. So um with Jessie, uh, we find out this is her second marriage um, with Johnny. Uh, she was originally married to uh, her business partner who also worked with Johnny. And um, when Johnny and herself got together, her um, deceased husband, he passed away, her deceased husband's family cut her off because they were oh. like, you were all friends. Like this, they think cheating was going on. So this is a huge thing for her. She grew up. Uh, with no siblings or extended family and family is a huge deal for her so obviously she's really hurting from that happening and then she wants the family to get together so a lot of the get-togethers it's because of Jessie she Mm -hmm. puts it all together she runs her own business Uh, it's kind of this um, Irish kind of food company Mm -hmm. and uh, sounds great Uh, sounds really expensive it kind of reminded me of avoca in dublin i've never heard of avoca i've never been but it's kind of this company that does like cookware and food and like cooking events and things like that and Mm. i was like this sounds like avoca from what i know i could be completely wrong i could be making this completely up it could Um, be the cult of tupperware yeah so Mm. uh she runs a successful business but she has no control over money like she has a spending addiction 
like me. oh <laughs> like that that money she doesn't know how much money she has like the, and you're like oh my god um you're you're giving me anxiety and um yeah she has an addiction and um, what does she buy uh, designer shoes um gifts for chefs to like attract them over the family holidays she pays for everything she doesn't let oh people God. pay for themselves so like they have a very large family a very like she has like five kids um mm. like ed and cara have kids nell and liam don't have kids together but like already that's a lot of people you know and oh they don't God. stay in like oh this jury's in or like oh this b&b they stay in swanky swanky places oh my god so she's literally forking out about 80 grand like she is just like, like just it's nothing's happened. family family comes first and it's all about like them enjoying it but you're like this is oh my god <laughs> save woman savings um <laughs> put something away yeah so Rainy that day is fund bitch yeah you, you're you're made aware that this is going to be a, an issue for her like her family's mm-hmm. um, kind of thing and she I feel really kind of a bit of me kind of related to her in a sense that she thinks no one likes her which I think we Aww. all go through phases of that you know mm-hmm. and her paying for everything and things like that she thinks like it's taking the pressure off some people who can't maybe afford it and them spending so much time together that they will like her eventually or something like that and you're like no confidence it's really sad um next i'm kind of focusing more on the the wives but johnny as well her husband we see that he has been really affected by losing connection to um jesse's ex Mm-hmm. or Jer- jesse's uh first husband's family because he viewed them as like his family his own family Mm -hmm. is very uh odd like his parents are her parent his parents aren't very nice at all and it kind of gets into that but I kind of focused more on the women I felt Mm -hmm. that their issues were explored a lot more um but uh Cara um oh I loved Cara I loved Cara so much who is she she's Ed's wife now Ed mm-hmm. is so lovely. Like their marriage, like he adores her. He absolutely like loves her inside and out. Aww. And Cara, she works for a very fancy hotel. She is amazing at her job. Um, she uh, especially when they get really rude customers, and she's just so professional. I love a rude customer. Oh, I, oh, I love oh, I, it. I worked in I retail. I love turning I someone cranky into someone who's wrapped around my finger. But, um, <laughs> the the thing with Kara is that she has struggled with her weight uh, forever. And uh, we kind of see, well, we do see her struggling with an eating disorder oh. through the book. And we can see it progressively getting worse and um, bulimia really taking over her life. And her chapters, I mean, you just want to just dive into the book and be like, I'm go- I'm here. I'm here to save you. We're going to get you treatment. Her. Like she she is such a lovely woman. Mm-hmm. And like she we see kind of I'll get into kind of how it's it's handled, but like how she doesn't think she has a problem or she'd be like this is the last time. Do you know, mm-hmm. and it begins to affect her her work, obviously, but mm-hmm. in the end, her relationship as well. And it's really tough. It is so tough. And I mean, 
it just shows that you don't know what's going on in someone's life do you know mm-hmm. at all so I loved Kara, and I just oh you just babe love the the characters in this book Nell equally loved oh she was just there's so many characters to love in this. So Nell is uh, Liam's uh, new wife. He was previously married and that ended in divorce. Mm-hmm. So Nell is much younger than Liam. I think Liam is like 33 and Nell is like, or he's even older than that maybe. And Nell is mm-hmm. in like her early 20s, mid 20s. Um, so she's a set designer, mm-hmm. uh, which is so cool. And she is... Um, kind of she'll do anything for her art really mm-hmm. um she's spent years of like living like with nothing um and sharing like a bed with someone to like you know like her her best friend to like make ends meet and she's very environmentally conscious mm-hmm. so everything she really wants to um save Being the planet and everything like that it's just oh she is just fab like a very kind of eco-conscious person without making you feel guilty do you know yeah. um she doesn't ever kind of be like oh my god blah, blah blah um how dare you like blah, blah, blah and all this kind of stuff it's all kind of like she's doing it as a like a thoughtful thing like this is what matters to her mm-hmm. and there's a beautiful um bit in the book where it's one of uh the nieces like confirmation communion and as a gift she gives her um instead of giving her money or that they give her um a sponsorship for um or a donation to like children's education or something and one of them sets up pen pal or whatever mm-hmm. um or is it they they support someone in di- direct provision instead and um they explain to the girl and she's absolutely like over the moon she's like yes oh my god what a lovely present and it's like little things like that I was like that's so touching oh, that's and so heartfelt but um herself and Liam got married after four months together so it's it was oh, whirlwind oh my god <laughs> it was whirlwind and uh we see we see that their relationship uh begins to crack and to crumble and um yeah so the brothers um because I've kind of gone quite uh deep into the the women uh the brothers Johnny as I've mentioned before he's a lot deeper you kind of mm-hmm. when I first met him I was like I don't think I'm gonna like you he comes across as one of those high earning businessmen that are like oh I sweep in do my work like um mm-hmm. doesn't take things seriously can make comments but he's actually he really loves Jesse and um he's very concerned about their finances. We see how affected he is by being cut off from um, her first husband's family and things like that. Ed, oh, he's such a cutie. He's, there's not All much going on. All of these characters are fab. <laughs> they are. There's not much going on with Ed, um, but I think he doesn't know about the bulimia for a very long time mm-hmm. and that affects him later on in the book. But he is, he's just like himself and Kara are just goals they're so lovely um Mm -hmm. and Liam all I wrote in my notes was dick (laughs) I hated Liam I hate I hated Liam with passion and um it got worse as as the book went on I'm actually not even going to talk about him that much I hate oh my god like he doesn't even deserve right he he doesn't deserve anything like he does not deserve Nell at all frick so um 
it's it's a complicated one to explain and apologies if anyone's like what is going on with all these characters there's a lot of characters and it's one thing that some people have kind of commented on that maybe there was too many Mm. to keep track of and I will say it kind of got confusing sometimes when you're like whose kid is that (laughs) do you know you're like where where do you fall because it's a really big family Mm -hmm. but um I kind of got used to it as it went and I think there was a family tree at the start of the book that I was like okay ah yes 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 but um it is like they're just so lovable a lot apart from Liam I hate him (laughs) but they're all really lovable who is Liam married to again Nell oh and Nell, like, there's the thing that goes on with Nell. Like, there, there's a little bit of a, it's not incest, but it's, it's you're like this, Becca. This, <laughs> this relationship feels a little weird, little oh, weird. No, um, <laughs> like, the, nothing happens. Like, but you're okay. like, you're also kind of slightly like, <laughs> it's one of the um, nephews who's like almost the same age as Nell. That you're mm-hmm. like, there's a big attraction here like and you're like it's not incest because they're not related whatsoever but you're also like this is really weird (laughs) but um they um what I loved with this book was that Marion Keyes um wrote many issues into it um one that I mentioned before it was bulimia Mm -hmm. and uh I think it's an eating disorder that isn't covered that much in um films tv or books um and I felt this brought a lot of awareness to it and especially mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the actual uh, process of it and um, how people handle it, um, the people that are going through it as well as their family and friends. But um, she handles it really, really well. Like it's very delicate, delicately done. Um, and it's just, it was eye-opening for me to read something like that. Yeah. And I just even seen the denial that Kara had about it and uh, the medical advice that she receives. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just highlighted the severity and the danger of it, which um, I would say for anybody who uh, is suffering with an eating disorder, maybe this is not the book to read for you. Mm-hmm. I would be very conscious if that would put someone back at all. Um, but I would recommend reading it for that as well. Like Marion yeah. Keys is an amazing book, but it's, it was something that um, I found really interesting and something that I haven't read before. Um, another thing she brings up is direct provision, which woman. if you don't live in Ireland is a horrific system um, where it's just horrific. You can't expect people to live like that. And we need to end it as a country it it needs to be stopped it's not fair in anybody and I I don't view it as humane and she brings that up and it really highlights the poverty these people are expected to live in and the extreme conditions do you know um and I would recommend anyone looking into it and actually educating yourself on it um it is a brutal system that is not um fair or humane to put Mm -hmm. anyone through um she also brings up period poverty um and this is kind of linked with direct provision mm-hmm. about how they can't afford period products like tampons pads and they're and not really supplied they're not supplied and um to be honest you're like this should be completely free for women and things like that and uh it was a very interesting kind of campaign kind of going through the mm-hmm. book which i absolutely loved 
Um, so, I mean, it is an amazing book. Um, it is a little bit hard to keep track of all the characters, but I found I got used to it and you do get very attached to some of them. Like I actually was so upset when the book ended. I was like, oh, ah! that's the sign of an amazing book. Like I, I remember reading this and I think I was, it was like in between uh, midterm holidays or and like working and I was teaching at the same time, but I had that book on my desk to like flip open. And it's a long book. Like it was, very long and I was like oh my god I need to race through it it was so good um so I mean it's there are some hilarious situations and I'm just going to bring this up oh there is um a 50th birthday in this book and uh it's Jesse's birthday and Johnny she's dropped a lot of hints she -hmm. wants to do this murder mystery thing in Scotland but he's like we should save money so he books her one in Ireland like I think I think it's in Armagh or like Athlone or something like that and it is a shambles like the the people people running it um they all have to like dress up in costumes and things like that but the people running it are cracked like it is not anything like the one in Scotland that's like a thousand pounds per person to do it and I was Jesse hates it but I was like I would love this this is gas crack like (laughs) Oh my god! It was one of my I think my favorite sections of the book. Oh, I was like, Becca, am, we gotta do one. I I'm telling you, I was there like I'm. It was it it was really bad. Like the <laughs> the acting and like these three people being like, and now I'm coming back as Mr. You know Poirot oh, or whatever, and you're like. <laughs> but it was oh it was so funny and I was like oh my god I'd actually laugh at how bad it was, but I was like this is hilarious. Um, that was probably one of my favorite bits in the book and Love. I was like Jesse like ah but um yeah so there are there's some really hilarious moments that kind of um you need it as a bit of a relief for some of the mm-hmm. heavier issues which I always think Marion Keys does really really well and mm-hmm. kind of does it delves into family dynamics grief and things like that I mean the ending probably wouldn't have been one of my favorites of her books but mm-hmm. still such a fab book like it's definitely like a nine out of ten like I loved it yeah. I'll reread oh, it amazing. again I you know? can't wait to read it I want to give it a bit yeah. of space because yeah. I'm going to go in blind Do. oh I love it so and good. I love you Marion Keys. yes Do you I have any Marian bio Keys. for her do you want to I will I will let the, in case let the children learn in case no one knows um about Marion Keys, our patron saint. Our patron saint, Marion Our patron Keys. saint, because she is... I just love Marion Keys. She's just the best woman alive. She is. That's simple. So, um, here it is. So, Marion Keys is an Irish novelist and non-fiction writer, best known for her work in women's literature. She is an Irish Book Awards winner and has over 22 millions of her novels uh, sold worldwide. And her books have been translated into 32 languages. Go on. Go on. Uh, She became known worldwide for Watermelon, Lucy Sullivan is Getting Married, and This Charming Man, with themes including domestic violence and alcoholism. She's just, she's just fab. And I love. I know. And I love that she highlights issues really well. She does. Um, Mm -hmm. No, it's a fab book. And I know uh, she is currently writing her next book. And I just can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. So. She, and in 2021 she was named the Patriot State of Ireland <laughs> by us I'm just I'm going to keep hammering that down because that needs to be spread like gospel <laughs> okay well to f- 
I've got <laughs> I've got a book by another incredible um female author um that we've talked about before on the podcast Becca. Yes. yes and um I'm looking forward to this one I haven't read it um and I know and you so we you mentioned it I mentioned it so yeah. this is the flat share by Beth O'Leary and a few weeks ago or quite a few episodes ago I ago I covered her book The Switch yes. which I loved which I loved and I and really this, this want is to her pick first this book this so is flat her, is her very first one and uh she currently has her latest one out on the road which again I have to road trip up. road trip sorry <laughs> I was close <laughs> I was close um so yeah so uh let's get into this one yes so the okay flat what share. are you thinking uh, well, I'll just quit the cover first. Oh my God. Why so this is, cover? Um, is a really cute cover. So this is uh, literally um, someone's room. Uh, we see a bed with a book open on it, which I appreciate. Um, yes. uh, bedside lockers with like a cup of tea and a plant. I mean, yes to the cup of tea, the plant, I probably would kill it. I'm just not great with that sort of thing. And uh, light <laughs> shining above which is really cute. And there's reviews from um, Cosmopolitan, the new Jojo Moyes, which I think it's unfair to be like, oh, Jojo Moyes is over. It feels like they're saying they're over. And I like, know. I hate when they do that. Like, yeah, they like do it. Mar- it's Sally Rooney now they do it with, but yeah. I hate it. And there's, there's a review where they say the new Marion Keys. And I'm like, Beth O'Leary and Marion Keys can exist together. Yeah. In peace. And, and shows that Marion Keys has reviewed this yes. book. <laughs> uh, Marion Keys, our patron saint, is up there too with You Will Love It. And to be honest, I'd say you probably definitely will. Yeah. So, um, I'm okay. The flat chair. So I'm going to say that we are going to meet our protagonist who is, um, a very burnt out millennial. Oh, here we go again. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to say that this person is around 28, 29. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say her name is, I can't say dove cause you use dove. Yeah. It's not dove. I'm going to say her name is Ren. Because I know you love oh, that name. I love yeah. that name so much. Her name is like Ren Wright. <laughs> so it's Ren like... Ren Wright. Ren Wright. Um, and she is... It kind of... I was trying to think of what Ren Wright reminds me of. And it's Rot Roll. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. But uh, I'm going to say that she's living in London. And she has a very high stress job. Uh, I'm going to say that she is in a producer or some kind of mm-hmm. senior executive in a television company. And okay. she has worked bloody hard to get there. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to say it's like a chat show kind of thing. Like, I'm not going to say loose women, but like very much kind of, you know, chill vibes. They have to have a lot of guests on, mm-hmm. things like that. And um, one of the guys or one of the hosts is a nightmare and she's always the one who has to resolve it and it's just absolutely insane like the demands that this person has like they're like I want you in like their call time is like 10 o'clock or whatever in the morning and they're like I want you in for like 4 a.m getting my uh my rider ready like I want fresh fruit uh salad I want a selection of breakfasts continental um breakfasts I want cereal granolas but like it's all very specific brands that she has to get ready 
um, and he doesn't, uh, this person, I'm saying it's a he, I'm going to say it's a he. Mm. Um, this person is like, or no, actually, I'm going to change it. It's a woman. Uh, okay. It's it's all very specific. And um, the one time like that she delegated, uh, Ren delegated this to somebody else, they messed it up and that person got fired. And um, I'm going to say this person, even though it's not her job to be doing this, as a, an executive producer, uh, your one is like, well, like I've known her since like she started here as a temp. Like she looks down on her the whole time. And this woman, Thick. I'm going to say she has this huge Instagram following, huge kind of, um, she's known for being like for women's rights and like all this like oh, treat and your fellow person. tearing another exactly. woman down. She is the biggest hypocrite oh, ever. Oh, infuriating. So I think there's a day that um, it's like her sister's wedding and she's booked the day off um, mm-hmm. or like the week off. And um, this is like her first time ever booking holidays in like four years since she started working there. Mm-hmm. And um, your one calls her and tells her if she goes to this wedding, she's fired. Like she's gone. Don't bother getting a job. And um, she goes to the sister's wedding. Like she can't miss it. Yeah. And like she's in floods of tears and the sister's like, it'll be fine like the sister's kind of annoyed that this is happening because it's her wedding day it's her special day her it's special all day. about me for just one day, day. you guys and her dad who's always been really supportive and like I'm gonna say he's a cute dad that like he's like any newspaper clippings about the show he's like kept them all in a scrapbook oh and it's so cute and he's just there, like they can't fire you you are that show like you are just amazing so she ends up at work on the Monday afterwards and uh, she's immediately like she's still a little bit hungover like she she kind of we're going to say that she has a bit of a problem with alcohol okay. and she gets called into um, a meeting with the uh, head of the TV uh what are they channels and mm-hmm. um hr are there the other senior like the senior senior producer is there and so is this one host oh, and uh this woman has kept a note of anything that she's found wrong in her behavior over the last oh, for four years mm. and i'm giving a lot of backstory here like we haven't even gotten to the fact yet i know <laughs> going deep let's go deep uh, my inspiration was marion keys <laughs> yeah beck is go. like ready for the drama ready she's for the drama. ready for the golf so uh they fire her wrongfully like you can tell like they have been forced into doing this and she's like uh if there was any issues beforehand like i should have had a meeting with hr this has never been brought to my attention and like they just cut her off and they're like we are giving you uh, an hour to get your stuff and leave like she's not even given any notice like that's oh it they, she's like I can't even look at her and they're gonna want to protect their talent rather than their staff so anyway this has left her she's has savings but like I'm gonna say that she's just bought her own flat or something like that and she's like I can't pay for my mortgage now I like she is gonna be like I'm gonna be in debt and um because of how she was fired she's kind of been blacklisted she can't Mm. find another job so what she does is she puts out an ad for someone to rent her flat but she's going to secretly be living there at the same time secretly (laughs) secretly um so (laughs) 
well it's not really going to be secret like the the person who turns up um I'm going to say that they are like a th- I'm going to say 33 I'm seeing 33 in my head 33 okay. year old um orthopedic surgeon um who is just out of a horrific relationship where he was actually engaged to a woman uh, that he works with and she was ended up like cheating on him so he is very distrustful of women at the moment because Mm -hmm. he lied and manipulated uh her uh him the whole time throughout the relationship Mm -hmm. and it's like I was in a toxic relationship and I didn't realize Mm -hmm. and um so he ends up taking the room because it's like close to his work like it's an amazing flat and um he's like oh yeah this is perfect blah blah and um she's there like this is a perfect situation because like if he's a surgeon he's gonna have long hours he's gonna have consultations this Mm -hmm. is gonna be fine and Mm -hmm. um he can afford the rent which she's she's made quite expensive because she doesn't have a job yeah and um anyway he catches her on like the first night that she's sleeping there. Oh no. And she she's like tried to like um push the couch. Like he heard moving. He's like, oh, it must be upstairs or downstairs. Like this can't be the apartment. I'm the only one here. And um he goes oh, out. She to, like, like in a wardrobe or something. She like pushed the couch into like a corner, like away from the windows and like made it like really like she put the tv in front of her like it was so obvious that like someone was there and he fl- flicks on the lights like he's after waking up and he's like what the fuck are you doing here and like, she's I like i'm after giving you a fucking deposit you landlord bitch and anyway um she immediately starts crying like and she tells him what's after happening and he's like you could have told me and i would have been okay with it like it's, it's Man, just this is weird like this is really weird now and um he he's like look I uh can't really afford because like he can't get his deposits back for his wedding like sh- the woman's keeping the engagement means so like money's tight for him as well right now mm-hmm. and uh he's like I can't really afford to move anywhere else right now and she's like well I can't afford to move anywhere else either uh, so they come to an agreement that I'm going to say that they uh, put like this uh, sheet of paper up and they write down like requirements so uh, neither of them can be in the house really at the same time uh, or in the apartment so it's all kind of like it's a ridiculous sheet like um, <laughs> like they split the fridge and things like that and they don't get on like there's times obviously where it's nighttime they both have to be there and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to say like uh it's awkward like it's really awkward and they just bicker the whole time and he's like did mm-hmm. you drink my orange juice and she's like no <laughs> and like I would an like empty... orange juice around your lips <laughs> no there's like an orange like a uh, cup that clearly had orange juice in it like in the oh. sink and he's like could you even bother washing up the evidence and she's like oh my god he's such an ass <laughs> like I don't have money to buy orange juice right now <laughs> and um like they just bicker the whole time like she's there like oh my god he shaves his beard and he doesn't clean up the sink after oh itself. I hate when Emma does that yeah so like <laughs> they are just not getting on and no. eventually there's a day that the ex-fiance turns up at the apartment and she's like who is this bitch like he's not home but he's she was like who are you he's moved on already and like she starts oh, a huge argument no. like I'm, I'm gonna say like she comes in and she sits down and she's like I'm not leaving so she calls him and he's at work. Oh my and he's, God. Like, he's like, I'm in the middle of like consultations, like what's going on. And uh, she's like, your uh, ex-fiance is here. 
and she's refusing to leave and I'm going to call the police so he ends up having to come home early and he's like this is a really big day for me at work like what the hell are you doing and she's done it on purpose yeah and um she begins to see like how badly he's been treated by this woman and they like have a really deep like chat about it and um things like that so we kind of see like the beginnings of a spark of like romance Mm. and then I'm gonna say something happens at home that she has to go home for a really long time and he sends her like really supportive messages being like thinking of your dad or whatever it's her dad I'm gonna say he's been in a really serious car accident no 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 he's been in a really serious car accident and she has to go home for that and he sends her really supportive messages. And I'm going to say in the end, he has to come up and perform surgery on her dad. And he saves his life. Oh. Um, I don't know how an orthopedic surgeon, like what would be involved. But I'm, you know, if I wrote the book, I'd have to do my it. research. He does and um, the book ends with like him saving his life and her being like, I think I'm in love with you and things like that. And it's the same as all really soppy. And they end up actually sharing the apartment together and it's yeah it's really cute so yeah and I'm gonna say it it ends on a happy note as well that uh the woman that got her fired um she he tells her you need to write an expose on this woman and yeah she writes it it gets published gets huge interviews off of it former employees come out and they're like oh my god like someone someone said a bitch and um she ends up like the company come back like we didn't want to fire you and she's like I have offers from like the BBC and like all this now I don't need you anymore mm-hmm. and like she gets an amazing job and yeah it ends on like a really happy note and yeah that's mm-hmm. my guess okay Becca you're really close am I you're really close like you're really 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 close okay I'm gonna tell you about the book first of all so the flat chair by Beth O'Leary um I'm gonna give a trigger warning here for um emotional abuse and for stalking because one of our characters is dealing with an ex that they've recently broken up kind of like Becca said and they turn up at the house anyway we're gonna get there Okay. okay so this is a super fun book that being said it's really it's a lovely read um first of all we meet Tiffy Moore she's one of our two protagonists it's the cutest name it is cute cute. and she is the cutest person in the world she um is not working in a film production crew she's working for a magazine and it's kind of like it's not it's not fair off I got media yeah yeah she does not get fired she's actually um really like her boss loves her and they have like a knitting kind of magazine and like crafts and things and she's involved with them so because of that she's really like kind of goofy and um, really fun and she wears mad like really colorful clothes and she's just a lovely girl we love her so Tiffy Moore um needs a cheap flat in London because Becca was also right about the set and um, so she needs a cheap flat in London and she needs it fast because right now she's living in a flat with her ex Justin um, who's already dating another girl and her two friends have an intervention and they're like get out of this flat <laughs> what are you doing her two friends are Gertie and Mo and you're going to learn to love them just as much as you love Tiffy they're mm. all wonderful so um, then we meet our second protagonist and this jump or this book will jump through the chapters. You'll get one from Tiffy's point of view in first person and one from Leon's. At first, I didn't like Leon's chapters because the style of writing is very different, mm-hmm. but you actually just get very used to it and it becomes charming. So Leon Toomey is a nurse 
and uh, he's a night nurse and he needs cash. To be honest, I got not really close off. with the medical field. Not fair off at all. So Leon Toomey, he's a night nurse, not a surgeon, but a night nurse, needs some cash. So his girlfriend um, agrees that like he could rent out the flat. The problem is, is that there's only one bedroom and only one bed in this flat. But because Leon is a night nurse, um, he the bed is technically free from um, 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. And it's okay. also free on weekends because he stays at his girlfriend's house. So um, that's like that's the catch in all this because she finds this really cheap apartment it's really nice she's gone to a few horrible ones already and tiffy finds this one and she's like weird but i actually think this is going to work because i'm going to be at i'm going to be at work from eight till six anyway Mm. i think eight to five for her but um yeah she's gonna be gone anyway this is perfect and she gets it at weekends so she moves in she never meets Leon. She purely deals with Leon's uh, girlfriend, Rachel, in the beginning, who just kind of sets her up and is like, oh, make yourself at home. Um, you know, this wardrobe space, the fridge space, like you do what you need to do. And Tiffy's got a lot of stuff. She's got like a bean bag. She's got like really weird kind of quirky furniture and tons of clothes and she moves everything in and kind of just swallows the apartment really really fast so Leon comes home from his first um first time on night shift and he's like what is all this stuff Mm. and he's trying to figure out who the hell this girl is who his his girlfriend looked at this girl and said yeah she's fine she can live here so obviously the girlfriend kind of judged her in as in like I I trust that you're not gonna get with my boyfriend yeah um Mm. So he's kind of, he, he's never seen her and they don't meet. Um, but uh, what happens is um, they start writing little post-it notes to each other. So like uh, Tiffy might leave a post-it note and go, oh, sorry, I nearly threw this bag out. Um, I didn't realize it was yours. I thought it was mine and I looked through it. They're lovely scarves, by the way, or something like that. And she leaves a little post-it note and then he'll reply. And it turns out like, he's like, oh, I was going to donate these scarves. And she's like, replies again and she's like oh my god don't these are worth a fortune i can sell these like and, da, da, da. and it turns out the scarves were written by a resident in the hospital and oh. since tiffy's working in like a knitting magazine she like hooks up that guy with a job and like it's all really nice and the letters the little notes the post-it notes get more frequent until eventually they come home and there's like more than a dozen post-it notes for each of them to reply to every day um they still never meet. Months have gone on, about six months at this point. And um, Leon's notes are, are a little bit shorter than usual. And Tiffy kind of realizes that, like, I think Leon and his girlfriend are having issues and kind of asks him if he's OK. So Leon and his girlfriend, Rachel, are having issues because Leon has a brother, Richie, who is in prison for something that um, Richie and Leon believe like Richie's innocent. They don't think. They don't think like Leon believes him when he said he didn't do it and he's trying to get his appeal sorted and it kind of takes up Leon's mind all the time Hmm. and he's on night shifts so Rachel feels like they don't see each other enough. Rachel eventually starts blaming um, Richie, Richie being in prison and eventually kind of it comes out that Leon's girlfriend doesn't really believe that his brother is innocent. Oh, and she's sick of talking about it and this is when Leon just he can't. He 
you know, he loves his brother so much. He was like, I can't do this. And they break up. So Leon and Tiffy, like they extend the lease and Tiffy kind of asks in a couple of post notes, is everything okay? And she's kind of, she finds out anyway that they've broken up. And, um, at, you know, like they're living in the same apartment, never seeing each other. So they are starting to try and wonder what the other person looks like. And they're really like, curious and then eventually we get a proposal you know that movie with ryan um reynolds and sandra bullock we get a proposal moment where they run into each other arse naked (laughs) no it's amazing (laughs) this book is so good so that's the first time they meet and like she notices that oh he's a little bit excited there (laughs) and (laughs) And it's really like it's literally love at first sight for them both. It is, oh, it's so nice. It's so nice, and this all happens quite early on in this book. It just gets better and better. Tiffy and Leon, um, Leon's brother Richie interact quite a lot over the phone while he's in prison, and they start writing letters. And Tiffy wants to get involved and start helping him get his appeal. Um, you, like Bertie and or Gertie, sorry, Gertie and Mo are Tiffy's best friends, and they're just wonderful and iconic. And she relies on them really heavily every step of the way. And um, if anything happens, she will ring. She will ring them, and they're mm. living together, so she'll she'll ring one of them, and the other one's there. Yeah. And um, we watch Tiffy come to grips with her last relationship, and she realizes how abusive it actually was. Because uh, she kind of never, never knew before that she was in an abusive relationship. Um, her best friend Gertie wanted to kind of outright tell her and was like, oh, my God, this man's back. Get away from him. But Mo is very gentle and compassionate. And he kind of wants Tiffy and he waits for Tiffy to come to the realization herself. Mm-hmm. And he's always there as she starts realizing all these things that were happening. And unfortunately, Justin her ex starts coming back into the picture Um, kind of like when you said that they turn up and they refuse to leave like stuff happens so this book is romance it's fluff it's happiness it's everything Mm. it is everything you could want in a book there's a really lovely like adventure happening where leon works working as a night nurse there's like a patient he has who's dying and he used to be in the war and he um, starts saying that like his one regret in life is he never um, he never told this man that he was in the army with that he loved him. And like Leon makes it his mission to track down this man. And then Tiffy obviously is like, I'm so here for this. I'm involved. And like, it's oh, it's so charming. This is the loveliest book. And the ending is the nicest ending to any book I have read in the last like I don't know how many years it's Mm. my favorite ending to a novel it's amazing so if you want something light and romantic and lovely and like this gorgeous friendship like this is the book um I Emma one of um she would have featured on one of our episodes before she's a long time fan and we're a long time fan of her me and Emma have been gushing about this book for a long time it is fantastic Mm. it's so good um so there's people on goodreads by the way that have given this less than four stars and this is a call out (laughs) to everyone on goodreads fight me you're so wrong oh my god you're so wrong this is a four star it's a five star it's it's such a brilliant book i'm disgusted at the amount of reviews that put it like at a three star two star no wrong 
call out come and fight us on the grim reader podcast on instagram follow us and fight me <laughs> i i just love how we're usually like yeah if you have different opinions like we'd love to hear whereas nikki's no, like you're wrong no, you're no. wrong this is such a good book you're wrong <laughs> So this, The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary, please add it to your to-read list. It is wonderful. No, it's on Um, my to-read list. Yeah. So Beth O'Leary, for those that don't know, she's a Sunday Times bestselling author whose books have been translated into more than 30 languages. This is her debut novel, The Flat Share, and she wrote this on her train journey to and from her job as a children's publisher. So, um, you know, Beck has told that little story before, but the fact she wrote this on the train is yeah. so endearing. And she lives in the New Hampshire countryside and she writes full time. There's a lovely extract on her website where someone asks her, like, where she got the idea for the flat chair. And this is the answer for, from her. And it's this is such a good question and so, such a tricky one to answer. For the flat chair, the root idea came from my own living situation. I had just moved in with my boyfriend, who was a junior doctor, who was working lots of night shifts. Like Tiffy and Leon in the flat chair, we shared a space, but would go days without seeing each other. Someone was always at home, but we were never there at the same time. The spark that started the novel came when I wondered what would happen if two strangers lived this way? Cool. It's a very good idea. It is. It's, it's no, a it really is. good idea. And it's so well executed. I love everyone in this book, except I hate Justin. Justin is, is it Ed from, the, no, Liam. Liam, Liam. from the Marion yeah. Keys. Justin and Liam are exiled. <laughs> Banished. <laughs> we don't talk about yeah. them. No, we don't. Um, it's our time. But yeah, you are like, you are going to love this book, Becca. And everyone who reads this is going to love this book. Yeah, no, There's, I do. I enjoy Beth O'Leary. Like, it's... They're really lovely books. They're lo- They're like, and she says on her website, she writes books that you need when you need a hug. Yes. And this is what this book is. She's so right. There's a lovely quote um, when describing this book. And it's, it's weird how easily you can get to know someone from the traces they leave behind. So Cute. I'd recommend this. I would also recommend Becca start writing her version of The Factor because it's very good. <laughs> and I will eventually um, get my idea of um, the Northern Lights field trip of Dove and her two angry nanas. Yeah. Um, I'll eventually write that, but I have I got to flesh it out first. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. cute. What, what was your book, by the way, out of 10? I said nine. 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 I think mine's the same. Mine's also a nine. We got two nines here. Woo. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, yeah. No, great. So a little bit more uplifting than normal. Yes. Very uplifting. It's a good weather. It's a good weather. Yeah, it is. This is a really good summer read. Again, I I... when I like a book, I'll bully everyone around me into reading it. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, there's there's many, many things on my to read list at the moment. And it's kind of daunting that I'm like... I know I'm the same like I'm like there me and Becca are planning future episodes and we're like oh yeah we'll have this read by this day and we'll do like this episode and I'm yeah. like I have like 20 books to read in the meantime but it's it's a lovely problem to have it is no we can't complain we can't complain we, cannot. we love you all we do follow us on goodreads instagram twitter is that all and interact with us we love it we do we love getting messages or like we do not mean messages don't send us those uh you could send us those and i'll deal with those myself yeah no i'd be like nikki we got a mean message oh my I'm god i thought so i put a picture I, I uploaded a picture of emmett earlier and i thought i uploaded it onto the grim reader podcast <laughs> yes we went through a very long phase of nikki getting mixed up with which account she was on. <laughs> 
so hot. If you've been with us since the early stages, you'll remember those. Yeah, you'll remember all of the the posts of absolute nonsense that were not meant for the Grim Reader podcast. <laughs> we enjoyed them nonetheless. Yes. But uh, with that, until next time, go and enjoy the sun while we have it and wear your SPF, people. Um, wear your damn SPF, yes. you filthy animals. That's also, also, by the way, listen to um, the podcast I just told out from. Uh, this podcast will kill you. Yes. <laughs> And uh, until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.